Hello, everybody, and welcome to the album crawl. This is your host, Paul Johnson, here with my co-host, James Johnson and brother. If this is your first time listening, welcome on in. This is the album crawl where we tear apart an album every week, delving into the hits, the misses, the intros, the closers, the interludes. Heck, we do it all here on the album crawl. And this week, we are taking a look at Etta James, 1960 her debut album, At Last. Now, you probably heard of that song before, and that's the reason why this album got picked. So we're super excited to dive in. Jay, how's it kicking this evening? It's kicking good. It's kicking good. I've been, I've been, this is a, this is a, I feel like I say it a lot when we do albums. And sometimes I listen to it one time and I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. And I listen to this and I'm like, sure, whatever. This is like that vibe. And then I listen to it more. I'm like, oh shit, this is like amazing. So I'm, I've, I've been, for the past few days, I've been very excited for this episode and I'm, I'm ready to delve in, ready to jump right in. Nice. So, so this, this warmed up on you. Oh, yeah, 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 I saw, I see it now as a classic. I mean, I feel like it's, I didn't know. I have no context. I've never heard of this person. I knew at last, of course. And obviously that's like a huge song. But other than that, you know, no other context. And a lot of people are one hit wonders. So to me, this could have just been one hit wonder. But I imagine that this is this has got to be a classic album because the songs the songs are so good, Paul. Like eighty percent of the songs are so good; they're there. Yeah, it's it's an excellent production. Yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. But I'm 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 glad that we kind of we had kind of had a similar experience because I, I also at first was like, oh, it's all these songs, it's all right. the same songs. It's all the three, four time signature. Dun, 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 like we don't really want any more of that. But as a very concurring theme here on the album crawl, once you once we got over that, this this album really turned out to be kind of a gem. So um, and I'll, also, I'll get, yeah. you saying nineteen sixty? I never, I didn't look up anything as per our rules. Are not not. It's not a requirement that we that the. When when Paul Paul picked the album this week, and it's not a requirement that I don't look up anything, but it's generally stated that we it's generally stated that uh, we don't look up anything as the non chooser. Is I feel like we should come up with better terms than that. But uh, yeah, um, the, the, yeah, the uh, I don't look the, up anything, so I don't even know when this came out, and I would have totally guessed sixty five, sixty six. So hearing that this is nineteen sixty actually makes it even better for me. I didn't I didn't realize it was actually that early. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's that's funny. I, I of course not because I looked at it immediately. I can't even give you that an accurate my accurate representation, but but I have a feeling you're going to probably bring up like a couple of times, you know, listening through this, like where where that would be the case. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah for sure. So so I want to give you I want to I want to just outline a, a couple of things before we get in here, and I'm not going to try I'm going to try to not do too much before we start diving into this album. So the first thing is that. This album is almost entirely cover songs. There's only one song that was actually written for this album. That's the first thing. One song? 
one song in this whole album that was written for this album. The rest of them are all 100% all covers. And they're, so in they're a way, this spread is spread from all over the place. So in a way, this is like a sort of a, like a, like a playlist. It sounds like. Yes. Yeah, totally. And, and a lot of these songs would have been, some of these songs would have been well known. And some of these songs were old by the time they got to this album. Most of the songs are old by the time they got to this album, but some of these songs were just recently released and were kind of minor hits with other artists. That's interesting. So, do you know, yeah. do you know if like, um, if people would have known those old hits and it would have been like, oh, I see what she's doing there. Or is it like, oh, I'm going to bring this from the dead. And because it's like, no one knows it. And now, now, now people yeah. will know the song. That's a good question. But what, and, and I can't, of course, give you the exact answer, but what I can tell you is this, none of these songs that she covered were huge hits. A okay. lot of them were hits at their time, but none of them are the timeless hits and they weren't frequently covered. Etta James owns the coverage on all of these songs. She owns nothing even comes close when you, if you type in the song name on Spotify and you type in the guy, the other guy or girl who recorded the previous song, the original, you can't even find it on Spotify. That's how minor these songs were. Okay. So yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's so the answer. That that's the answer. Really. That's, that, that's good enough. Yeah. 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 For sure. With the exception of being at last, which was, you know, the biggest of the bunch, but still not a big one. Um, and many, many people today still, still credit her as the original on, on that. Um, so that was, that was one of the big ones. And the other thing is just, uh, just starting the storyline on Etta James's life, because this is the biggest thing. I want to give you her initial childhood, which is just, there's so crazy. Her life is so crazy. She, uh, she was given birth by a 14 year old mom and never knew her dad in Los Angeles, 1938. So she was 22 by the time she got to this album. And she was a, and by the time she was five years old, she was a prodigy at gospel singing. So she has lived, she lived a hell of a life. And I'll get more into that uh, as we go along here. But, um, but for now, if you're all right with it, we're skipping over the album uh, cover. We'll cover that at the end. Um, we can go ahead and get going with anything to say your mind. Let's do it. All right. Let's pop in. Cause I'm worried over you
How's that for a soulful voice? Dude. Yeah. You know when Kendrick Lamar said uh, something something without the stretch marks? Hey, he wants he wants the he wants the ass with the stretch marks. He wants some natural raw shit in in uh, in, in humble. <laughs> this is what he was talking about right here. This voice. Yeah, so, we're gonna so we're gonna see it again and again with this album. There's just so much just amazing vocal performances, like just some shit that I've I, I mean, look I I never. I, I usually don't listen to the singer all that much, like when they're cool and they're interesting. But like this is one of those where it's just a good, a, a classically yeah. good voice that will still knock your socks off, even though it was made in 1960. Like this is still just unbelievably. Whew. Yeah, I had I I I don't listen to the singer like generally either. I, it's definitely not the first thing that I look for on a song. Um, I mostly care about the melody that the singer is singing in, and I'm I'm not a I'm not a soul. I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not listening to Barry White, Marvin Gaye very much. I mean, I, I like it, but it's, it, I, this, this album made me focus in on that. Did you find that to be challenging too? I find it to be challenging to listen just for her voice. To, to, to just appreciate, just to, to kind of dig into her voice and appreciate, because there's not a lot of instrumentation around it. There is, and, it, no. and it's, really, it's beautiful, but. Um, like for me, that's that's what makes it so amazing is that I didn't have to. The fact that I could just listen to this and listen to her voice, and I was like completely content with that, and that's how I knew I was like, damn, this is fucking good. Like that's <laughs> how you know this is a voice of character with like a personality with with just everything. And while I'm looking at it, I'm like, this is not a big song off this album at all. Like that's actually nope. really surprising to me. I thought this was, I, I this is a great like intro like I, I think this this song has like one of the bi- the best umps of all of the of all of the the album um and I'm, I'm actually really surprised to see that yeah um i i like it too i found myself listening to this song several times over i think the original like the first few times i listened to it with the uh's coming out you know i thought that that was kind of yeah, I thought that was a little cringe. I think that's just because my modern ears are so used to hearing perfect sounds that hearing that kind of soulful moaning over a mic in such a professional oh, yeah. production is just not something I'm used to. And um, interesting. Yeah, that yeah. I would. I had no problem with that at all. Like I was huh. very on board with that. But you know me, like I like as raw as it can get. Like I want it to be. Like I want to hear the emotions. I want to hear everything they got in it, and that's all that you get from her this whole album and it's so crazy that they shouldn't write any songs like but she can just it's like it's very much like a da- like a, an actor adapting to a role like she's just yes. gonna embody the songs and that's, that's that, actually that is super that crazy. is a fantastic way to frame this album because that yeah. that's a, a, that's a lot a lot of what Etta James's uh, entire career was and she uh, Etta James said that her mom said uh, in the middle of her career at some point she said, even if a song has been done a thousand times, you can still bring something of your own to it. That's what her mom would say when she was growing up. And that just, I mean, it's a perfect quote to sum up this, in, the, this attitude. Like you, you would, you, you couldn't tell if you just listened to this without knowing anything that she didn't write the freaking songs. Like she owns no, every, I lyric, would, every phrase. I, yeah. A hundred. <laughs> The only reason I knew it wasn't that is because I think you prefaced it with like w- before you picked the album, you said that. But I would have guessed that she like she would have had at least a hand 
in like the creation of the songs, like a hundred percent, like no, not even a question. Wow. Yeah. I, I, what 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 are some other artists that are like that? Do you know if Michael Jackson wrote all his own stuff? I'm I'm, t- I'm talking about divas and divas and superstars because Etta James was superstar? really was a superstar. Yeah, I mean, I've never looked into Michael Jackson's, but I don't think, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure. I highly doubt he wrote it. I, I highly doubt he wrote any. What uh, about Mariah Carey? Any idea? No, there's no way. Uh, Mariah Carey, I, I, Whitney I Houston, no way, right? Right before this, we were talking about uh, Justin Ariana Bieber. Grande? No way. Ariana Grande, no. Maybe. Maybe. No, for sure she wrote, like, Thank You, Next. Yeah, she wrote or a couple like, of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You can't not at least have a hand in it. Like Billie Eilish, I know, has a hand in the songwriting process. You know, like you gotta ha- you gotta have something nowadays, mm-hmm. some sort of hand in it because that's what people want. You know, at this yeah, point, you true. were just doing songs. Like it, it wasn't important uh, in 1960 yeah. for you. Yeah, not only were you doing songs, not only were you just doing songs, you were doing just other people's songs. This song, for instance, was written by Sonny Thompson, who was. I don't, not a, not a large character and he had his own little orchestra and this song got released two years prior to this this album coming out it was the exact i listened to it it's the exact same song there's there's and most without a james it's a girl named lulu reed but she sounds exactly you know same notes same tone same timbre you know really wow. really similar type stuff uh, but that that's not like the rest of this album um a lot of these songs are a lot different than the original covers um okay well uh speak i mean i feel like that's a good well, time we got to do the babbo riley yeah where are you feeling where are you feeling i don't want you the, to open it up for this the babbo with the babbo scale so i want I, I first want to say that the whole that because it's not a, a, a an album written in story format or anything like that we're looking at you know how well does this song just generally make you get a feel for the rest of the album and make what? you how, how well yeah. does this does this song set a tone for the rest of the album and yeah and 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 how good is the song of course um it doesn't have you know any classical like you know intro it's not like it's the song is like like they could with this album they could have easily done like at the beginning of at last you have this epic violin intro which is one mm-hmm. of the coolest violin intros ever like mm-hmm. i think with this album you're missing an opportunity to do that so from from that from that you got to talk a star because from an intro i understand why they didn't because this is a almost a pop record in essence it's combining soul and blues and jazz but it's almost a pop record uh because of because of the for, the format of having all the covers so i would say you got to talk one star and then i would say that the song is good but it's not knock you off your socks good i i would i would say generally i'd give this a three star okay i'm a little rough yeah. though yeah, you're rough. I would definitely go four because I really like this song and I think it really, really does set the stage for the rest of the album. And in terms of the album being cohesive, True. much less so than like the Frankie Valley, where I was like, this is, I, like I said before, like this is like a playlist then where they really curated all these songs, except for really one, maybe two. Like they're all thematic. Oh my gosh. Pretty I, and good. I need to mention this now. This song was only 10 out. Uh, this album was only 10 songs deep when it came out. Those last four were added in 1999. No so, fucking way. In 1999? 39 years later. Oh yeah. shit. So so this song was only oh. this is only a 10 song album. So really? if when you oh. take that into perspective, it's even more cohesive. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even more so. But yeah, I love I love all that. That's that's crazy. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
when you would be worth listening to a little bit but uh okay yeah they even more cohesive so i think for me that's like where it, that's where it gets to the four is because i think uh, I think it has so much oomph and it, it has like such a great string section where there's a lot of string section in this, but I think it really like brings it in this that that gives it that weight. Sure. Uh, that that's sometimes not at all missing in the other songs, but it's just not there. And so I think to have that in the intro song, I think really, I don't know, it really showcases exactly what you're getting out of this album. Yeah, if you don't like this I, I song, buy that. You're not gonna like the rest of it. But if you like it, you're gonna love the rest of it. I, I buy that with the the violin atmospheric creation in this first song setting the setting a great stage and setting setting the space for this whole album so yeah we're, it's not I, a great song but like but yeah i think it, i think it does a beautiful justice to the rest of the album i'll stamp it in four stars on the babel riley scale anything oh to say God. your mind nice and we are moving on to the second song my dearest darling etta james at last like you my dearest darling please love me too within my heart I pray your answers yes I'll make your life full of happiness. Well, I'll be there by your side. I'll let you talk before I get a little nerdy because I got a couple nerdy things I want to say. Oh, really? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I, I actually, I don't got a lot for this. I, I, to me, this is the trajectory of our last, uh, not the last album. Is the last album really good second song? Yeah, I think Tom Petty killed it on the second Tom, song. Tom me, Petty was one of the first albums that killed it on the second song. Yeah, this was on par Since with- Since Black Count, like... Steely Dan, Asia, of course. <laughs> for me, this is, this is like, it's not bad. It's just kind of like a shrug of the second song. It's like, okay, like, sure. Like, it's, it's, she, my, my biggest thing is that we talked, we hinted at it. It's kind of hard song, to keep this album in the background because her vocals are so powerful. They just kind of stick out over our, us talking. <laughs> yeah. And also when I talk, it, I think it dips a lot. I don't know, whatever. Uh, I think like we, we, we hinted at it. What, um, what she's doing throughout the album. Like, the, like I said, like the playlist of like how it's cohesive. And I think this is good representation of that it's like very sad like wanting to have someone in her life that's just not doing it for her or yep. someone that's gotten away or it's like have you heard of the, have you heard of the term a uh, torch singer before torch singer yes is that was, this was my first time hearing of it phrase? yeah etta james is referred to as a torch singer because she sings about 
often about unrequited love and and kind oh. of bluesy love subjects. I never knew that was the definition of it. I've always like heard it, and I, I thought it just so, had to do with old soul singers, but I didn't realize it had like thematic, like representation aligned. That's what it is. That's interesting. That's what it is, okay. and she she's she's referred to pretty commonly as a as a torch singer. And yeah, that's that fucking she kills it though. I mean, like you hear it, you're like, oh, well, I mean, girl. going back to this 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 story of this this young girl born into being a child prodigy with no father in Los Angeles and being tossed into the ring, you know, starting to play with a famous band. Uh, I think his name was Johnny Otis, um, pretty famous figure um, through really through through decades um, and picked her up at age 14. Like she's she imagine how undeveloped and how much trauma and how much pain this girl has gone through. Um, it's much like Aretha Franklin. She was very similar on that path. Like she was. That's and true. And was a prize. You know what? That's singer. a good point. Mm-hmm. That's very, a good point. You know what? This is this is this is the good girl, bad girl. Because at the end of the day, Etta James, I haven't said this yet, but Etta James had a pretty rough 40, 50 last years of her life. She I had a feeling. She did a lot of heroin. She was hooked on heroin as early as 1965 and ended up going in and out of jail, in and out of rehab, basically for the remainder of her life, and ended up dying of drug-related uh uh, complications at age 72 just you've just had a long drug-fueled life um so in a lot of ways you could say aretha franklin is kind of the opposite in that she well was part of a church well, family and was yeah but aretha franklin had a lot of troubles it wasn't necessarily uh wait was it drug related i don't remember i know she had like a lot of like mental problems she dealt with like tons of trauma and she did not handle a lot of it very well for her. Oh, I didn't know that. Life. Yeah, she ended up, I think, in her later years. I don't know if she's dead now or not. We did the we did we did the episode so long ago now. Yeah, Ruth <laughs> Frank was dead now. Yeah, she she died like five yeah. years ago or something like that. Okay, yeah. But I, I know like she in the end she kind of like did well, but I know she had a lot of rough, a lot of rough years. Not not sure not jail and rehab bad, but like definitely she was not perfect. She didn't just like write it out. Like she was a huge star. And it came with a lot of costs. Same thing. I mean, similar story. Classic. Yeah. Okay. I take back my my good guy, good girl, bad girl. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. My, my theme there. Uh, but so but, I'll get to the I'll get to a couple of the nerdy things I wanted to say. The first the first one is I'm going to tee you up uh, for you know as a drummer. Is there anything about this album that uh, that sticks out to you from a drums point of view? Oh no! Don't put me on the spot like that because I don't really. I know, I know. I know. The the burner's on, baby. To me, to me, this is a lot of slow arrangements. There was a lot of closed hi hat jazz drumming, and that that that's it. That's all. I didn't. I don't have any notes about the drums at all. The, Maybe yeah. it hasn't. I haven't played in a while. I don't know. That's fair, and the drum the drums are essentially the same on every single song. Um, there is one. There's just one big thing that is striking about the drums is that every single song is in three, four time signature. Yeah. Well, that, that's like, that's pretty jazzy. Is it not? God, I don't know. Time signatures on this. Is yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, Plus, I, think this, time I, I think this, I think we're getting too complex. <laughs> uh, I don't uh, know. Any, I don't, I couldn't play. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, let's, okay. I think this is the first non four, four time signature album we've played so far. Got it. Yeah, I mean, that's and and I think I don't know how common it is for an entire album to be in three four. Um, 
I mean, it's definitely common in jazz. It's common in blues. It's common. It's common in both of those. So, but but like so, Frankie okay, Valley is, has some three four songs for sure. But my, my best guess for a three four is you're going at the same time as four beats, but you're really doing three beats inside that. So instead of one two three four, you're doing one two three one two three. Yeah, that's right? exactly. That's, you just you got exactly what it is. But that's yeah, different exactly. than the three three beat because a three three beat is going to cut off one of those beats. So it'd be one two. Not not like faster. I don't even just, know what a three three sounds like. I don't know either. <laughs> I didn't get that for a drum lessons. There you go. I only play well, four four. That's all I can do. <laughs> hey, apparently all these other people are the same way on our on our on our list. Hey, on bro, you know can you play episodes. Yellow by Coldplay on drumming? Yeah. Can you play Yellow by Coldplay on the drums? Oh, that was the first song I ever learned. I know, I know, because I I tried oh, to learn okay. it too on using your using your drum, uh, my drum music <laughs> in the garage. It's not hard. Yeah. Not hard. Okay, yeah. well, that is that is super interesting. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I had another thing. Oh, the, so the, here's my other kind of fun, I guess, thing to listen to on this album too. Is it was really uh, back in the day you couldn't you couldn't record like in 1960 tape recording and cutting tapes together and just just it was five years old at the time, so it was basically brand new. And uh, for post post effects after recording a song was essentially nil at this point in time. So when someone like Etta James was singing these screaming, these, these notes, and you can hear the shrillness, what's happening is the producer, she, she has to sing this song, you know, however many times to get it right. And the producer's just trying to maneuver the threshold of a compressor knob at the right time and maneuver the volume at the right time to get to get to get this vocal production and recording right is absolutely insane we're talking about a guy slapdash yeah what what slapdash slapdash you know like very uh jerry rigged like he's just like "Ah!" Like, yeah there it is yep if you picture like the classic guy with the cigar in his mouth and the shitty brown sunglasses like maneuvering the sticks that's what was going on with this 100 percent you can uh, hear so, it. I mean, you can hear it. Like even for good 1960s, yeah, it still sounds like shit a lot. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And there, there's not a lot you can do about that um, at no. the time. Just as what it is. So this song, uh, my dearest darling, before we got to the next one, that was so. This song was released under Chess Records, which was later bought by MCA. Chess Records was this just massive piece in Chicago blues uh, history, huge, huge blues record. This song, my dearest darling, was originally released by chess records so basically the guy said this was already released it was done okay i'm gonna give it to this girl she's gonna do it better <laughs> which to me is just such like classic dirty showbiz in the 50s and yeah. 60s yeah. uh so funny it's just so funny to me because like you, you can't even find the other version now there's like one version on youtube but it's not on spotify and then he just yes. handed it over to this girl and was like how about we do that over again <laughs> we can we can make it better as, but, a, as the second song. And, and you know, th- this is part of what fascinates me about me, th- about the 50s and 60s, is that music was changing so drastically at the time that the, the recording capabilities were changing year by year so, so just vastly that you could record the same song five years later and you could record it, you know, in a completely different fashion, completely fundamentally different. We're talking about in, a, in one room together into, into, you know, recording separate parts and taping them together. Like that's that's the difference here with, within a six year period. Anyway, 
that's that's uh, as deep as I'll get into that type of stuff for this episode, uh, maybe. Uh, but let's <laughs> uh, say we get on to the third episode, uh, Trust in Me, or third song, third song, Trust in Me. Third episode, episode three, season one of Etta James. <laughs> Here we go. In all you do, have the faith have in you love will see us through if only you trust in me why don't you you trust me come to me when things go wrong cling to me daddy strong we can get along we can get along oh if only you trust in me Gosh, it's unbelievable! Can't you can you just picture that coming out of like a a, a sonic sonogram sonograph? What was it? That you know the bra- gramophone. The thank you. With the big brass horn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like before Saving Private Ryan, before the Germans show up. Like this is this is what's playing. I know this is like a, forty years later, but or you know twenty years later. Like, so. like like we can we can hear it like so crystal clear comparatively, and it's that's true. Fucking good. You know what's strange is it doesn't say that this is a remastered album. I assume it is, right? It's got to be because it sounds so good. I don't know though. Oh, 1999. This was released 1999. This is the 1999 yeah. remaster. So it the, just doesn't the, say it. The, yeah, where they added in the four. Yeah. Songs yeah. at the end. Um, yeah. I Oof. like this song a lot. Yeah, you me too. To- I actually I like it more listening to it right now. I think you know these headphones. I, I played a lot of this out loud in my laptop, and now hearing it, hearing is a lot, quite a bit different. Well, you gotta um, stop making that mistake. I I also, I mean, I usually listen to it either out of uh, yeah, small speaker on my uh, when I'm riding my bike to work, or in one headphone. So it's it is it is a, a little bit of a treat to listen to it through two headphones. I usually don't. Which I <laughs> tell the people who are who are listening to this that because it does seem like we're really doing a shitty job. Not properly <laughs> listening to the album until we actually do the podcast, but at the same time, I'm not afraid to tell them the cool. truth. All right, I'm not either. You forgot album to call listener. You can, you can trust in me. That's that's my worst joke of the day. You can't. You can't. You you did not add the low effort part of the opening call. We are. Oh, you're right. Effort podcast. Yes, yeah, so you made it this far. Part. You probably already realized. Yeah, you can <laughs> I did go. I did go a little bit deep on this one. Though. I was I, I was feeling it, and I and. Tell. And and that being said, I want to mention that Etta James on this album totally underplayed. She underplayed her her tonal ability. Um, 
she what she was famous for was was actually like changing from really high to really low like she would she, she would go all the way high and then she would in the middle of a phrase dip all the way to the bottom and then back up to the top but she didn't do that on, at all in this album which is what makes it yeah, really but, classically enjoyable i don't yeah, i don't like exactly. hearing when she does that no 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 yeah that's what that's what's so cool about it you can feel the restraint for sure like you saying that oh, is not yeah. a surprise at all because like you can feel her power but to let it only shine you know you're just gonna give them a little taste and that's what makes me keep coming back for more you know what i mean yeah that's that's the careful professionalism and the producers behind her exactly no, it's like and, it's like and in this song it's like especially. a good edm song holding back a fantastic drop well you just you just brought up a perfect perfect reference because uh i wanted to mention you know that song oh sometimes i get a good feeling oh yes yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's been played in like every EDM song ever. That's an that's that? an Etta James song as well. No fucking way. That's, a, really? that's an Etta James sample. Yeah. Uh, I could hear it. I could hear yep. it. Oh my god, yep. I could totally hear it. We have yep. to listen to that after this episode. Fuck you. Totally. Maybe, maybe we'll yeah. But if you stick around to the end, we'll 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 play through that song. Uh, or I maybe pay, something we'll something's got something's got to hold. <laughs> that's bonus material. Okay, you want insights? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's called something's got a hold on me. It's what the song is called. Okay, but on this song, on this song, um, we haven't, we haven't, we haven't really talked about the bass. There, there's been some really good bass. There's some really good bass on this album. Yeah, I mean, it was jazz. I mean, like a lot of this is jazz. Yeah. And this song particularly has like a very strong jazz arrangement, and the bass line really drives. That's true. The strong. The, the very the, jazz. The strong part of this song. Like, yeah, most really of this album was very. Head. Yeah, yeah, Not yeah. All of it, yeah. But, but yeah, this song in particular. Yeah, the, the bass is a little thicker on this song than, than the other ones. Yeah. Yeah, and I like it. Well, that, that gives it like that 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 big round emotional context for her to just like glide on over with her fucking yeah. like it, it it gives such a good stage for her voice. Yeah, and, and it's big and, and black and open. Like you just imagine just a low-lit stage. With even like if you just hear the instrumentals without her voice at all, like that you just imagine three dudes in the background, like a very low lit and like a jazz club playing. playing. With the, with just a bass, just a couple of basses. No, no, no. The, the bass is in the drummer and bass is the drummer and her. Literally, oh my gosh, yeah. oh my gosh, yeah. If you could, if you could do a quartet with her singing as she's the fourth piece, if, well, you, could, if you could just have a violin and a bass and a drum. Yeah. That comes up later in a little bit, kind of. But well, I mean, yeah, I guess I like this, this song, song. This song isn't that far from that. Let me let me pull it back here. Okay. Oh, you're saying a jazz quartet, not a fucking barbershop quartet. <laughs> oh, sorry, a jazz quartet. Yes, a jazz quartet. Oh, of course, I, I didn't even mention the piano. Yeah, the piano. The piano is the piano is sick. Who does that remind you of? Fast Waller, baby. Okay, so this was this was written during the Harlem Renaissance. This song. Oh, very cool. I <laughs> 1927, I think. So it's right, right along. Shit, I mean, you know, Fats Waller could have had a hand in this one. Yeah, he knew this song. <laughs> he definitely knew this song. <laughs> he definitely knew this song. Yeah, but the way she, the intimacy of her voice is so powerful, and she's 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 22 years old. It's kind of like an Amy Winehouse thing. It's so raw. 20- I, 
I mean, heck, you, we can pull up one of her songs from 1955 when she was 17 and she still got it. Oh my God. No, yeah. I mean, shit. It just, she sounds so confident, so, so reassured in her voice and like what she's saying and how she's saying it. She knows what she's saying. She had some and good wanna, people wanna, around her, that's for sure. I want to say that. We, I want to touch on that. There's a song in particular we got to talk about that with. Heck yeah. Well, let's save it. And for the meantime, we'll get on to one of the hits of the album, Sunday Kind of Love. I want a Sunday kind of love. A love to last past Saturday night. And I'd like to know it's more than love at first sight And I want a Sunday kind of love Oh yeah, yeah. I want a, a, a love that's on the square Can't seem to find somebody Someone to care I'm on a lonely road that leads to nowhere. I need a Sunday kind of love. I do my Sunday dreaming. Oh, my God. This song puts me in a trance every time I hear it every time is this is this is can you ever go wrong doing a day of the week song i mean you can get cheesy i know right (laughs) dude well in particular for me love sundays just as a thing i love sundays (laughs) really love songs about sundays and there's a lot of them some days i wake up and i just play every song about sunday back and back and they all go together I think that's, a, an album, that's, an solid, album call, that's an album call episode in the making right there. We might do it. Literally, I could do it so easily. Well, it's easy because you just type in Sunday on Spotify to see all my Yeah, but yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. But uh, but there's a lot of good. There's a lot of <laughs> we all We all know great. what a Sunday feels like. Exactly. And this song nails it. They She totally gets the vibe. For that, for that yep. this is like now in my top five of Sunday songs, I so, so this song this song is originally a big band song so there's usually you know in the original song oh, it, there's that. you know whatever 20 instruments and it's no. like this kind of a big mm-hmm. sound that was like classic of the 40s in the jukebox era and so this I is get, such a nice get, toned down version timeless yeah i get big but i like big with the strings i love the strings on this like the, the strings on this whole album are well, perfect. yeah so good but also totally weird and compressed right like they're like why do they sound like complete garbage they sound like they're sampled from something but i guess it's just from <laughs> but really? i love it like i love like it sounds like garbage the strings sunday 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 i'm not gonna call you out for that small sample but is it comes off a little blurry for you yeah so it sounds like that from the 40s to me yeah, it's the it's it's the whole it's the whole thing because like I was talking talking about like the the recordings the original recordings are ruined. That's the problem. Right. So okay. there's nothing yeah, yeah, ain't yeah. no coming back from that. 
but yeah but, but I, I love so. it I think it's like I, I honestly generally love the vibe that they give now now they have yeah. like the vintage like the real vintage yes. to it because her voice sounds so crystal clear and the contrast between the two like it makes it sound kind of modern in a way yeah it does it does I was actually looking at the album cover and listening to this album and going man it would take a really talented professional to try to recreate this today it would take top top grade I mean, it took top grade back then to make it, but today to make it, you'd have to be the top number one to be able to kind like of to recreate even the album cover, let alone the, the, the sounds on this album. You would need the, the microphone, the condensed, the, or sorry, the compressor, you know, everything. Definitely, definitely. So of the time, so of the time. And that, that, that's, what, that, that, that's what makes it charming, I think. Uh, that song, yeah, like I said, 1946, um, big band, originally written by like four people, um, was was a, kind of a big hit when it came out. And then, you know, it, it's actually, it tracks perfectly. Uh, all the songs that were bigger hits are bigger hits on this album. It just goes to show you. Mm-hmm. It just goes to show you. Sometimes a good, it works. a good song is just a good song. I mean, yeah. this song, A Sunday Kind of Love, that is just so classic. I mean, that oh, song yeah. could have been written in the 1800s. It would have been as big of a hit as it is now. And it, whenever Sunday was invented, that's that's when the song would have started being a hit. <laughs> they leaned on it. They knew people like Sundays. Well, and it's not just that it's about a Sunday. It's about it's about it's about that day. It's about the the the. And I thought it was kind of shocking in that time period of being like, okay, I'm gonna write a song about basically. I don't want a one night stand. I want someone who's gonna be around the next day. Yeah, like, I'm gonna like we're gonna hang out afterwards. Which I I, I to me. I wouldn't think that that would be a thing at this time, right? I don't know. That's a good Especially point, not, but in pop uh, music, it, definitely not in mainstream and mainstream music. And and this came out in the '40s, so, but, but there are there were hits in the as as early as the '20s that were about sex. Yeah. Um. That I mean, songs about coming over and and fucking you and eat, eating your pussy out, like there's. <laughs> <laughs> like WAP, WAP is just an extension of all those original ground setters in the 20s. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as 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 formal as humans have been in the past, they've always been horny. So I right, Paul, there's one more tie-in uh to the to the recent to the most recent past in this song. Do you know uh-huh. do you know what it is? It has to do with the days of the week. Yeah, is this is this the uh, the album crawl playlist pick for No Doubt? No, but that's really funny. No, it's not that. It's uh, I think it starts at two thirty. Could you go to two thirty and just play it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And just see maybe if it reminds you of something from like maybe two thousand. Monday, Tuesday, uh, Wednesday, a Thursday. It's not Friday by Rebecca Black. Oh God! Oh come on! Oh God! You think that they were harking (laughs) Janet (laughs) Jane? I'm sorry. Please move on. Please move on quickly. Please move on quickly. Uh, Anyway, here's Friday by Rebecca Black. I mean, here's Tough Mary. James, we'll just touch on this one. Yeah. Oh, 
Talk about a song that was lost to, to compression issues. Yikes. This was one of them. This song, yeah. this song, I'm sure, well, it, A, it doesn't fit. This song is completely does not fit on this album. That's what, that's my biggest problem with it. Because honestly, it's actually kind of good. I actually, it's not, I it's like not it. bad. It sounds like, a, it sounds just like a Frankie Valley song. Yeah. Only, the only thing that saves it is her just screaming diamonds. Like, I think that's like she, the, yeah, the she, highlight. She, she owns the song like the rest of them. She she absolutely yeah. she's she makes the song even remotely good. Yeah, without her, this is complete trash. This is the trash fire? It is the trash fire, <laughs> and that the the records show on Spotify. It is the trash fire. Just under two million plays. Um, less than half of uh, I guess I guess the next one, the last song in the on the album, also is roughly the same. But yeah, not not an enjoyable song. I've only listened to this song two or three times, and was like, it's just not. It's hard to consume. Hard to consume. It's fine. I mean, it's a pop song from the time, and clearly, uh, to me, this is like some producer is like, we got to have something. And yeah. then they're like, oh, no, <laughs> we have great songs. They're like, no, we got to have like a, uh, you know what I mean? And they're like, they're, they're like, Christ. yeah, yeah, they're yeah. Like, they wanted they're to like, I know this speed. one. It's so much fun. It's fast. Yep. Like, and, that's and, ex- exactly what I hear at this And time. that's a really good point too and you're about spot on because let me tell you when this the, the song was written it was written by a guy named lorenzo manley and i, I got nothing on this guy i got yeah. nothing um i, I don't know if it was previous sure. release i couldn't find yeah I, i'm i'm yeah. i'm literally looking it up again because i'm like maybe there's something i missed on this maybe, maybe this was written for for etta james and maybe this was another one that was written for etta james uh, but anyway, either way, it's, it's not 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 my favorite song on the album, and it doesn't sound like it's yours either. So, uh, why don't we just move on? We'll get on to uh, "I Just Want to Make Love to You." I don't want you to be no slave. I don't want you work all day but I want you to be true and I just want to make love to you love to you love to you all I want to do is wash your clothes I don't want to keep you indoors So I think I'm going to stand corrected because I believe this song is actually written in 4-4. Four, four. Um, yeah, so not the entire album. Um, it, it might it might be in 3-4, and I might just be confused. But And I, I don't have an answer for that. So I'm just going to leave that up in the air and leave it unanswered. So, you know, show up to my house and kill me if I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> Did you anyway, want to give your address after that? Yeah. <laughs> Just give me my social security number. You figure out the rest. Uh, 
<laughs> what do you think about this, RJ? Oh, this is the song I want to talk about. This is the song where I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I listened to this for the first time on, it was the day after we recorded the last episode. And I was listening to it on my speaker, on my bike ride at work. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> Boy, oh, take it yeah. back. Yeah, baby. Oh my God, it's amazing. It's so good. Like she kills this song. She kills that like, she has the agency in this song. Like she's like, this, this is what She I has want. the agency in this song. That is a great way to say that. That's a really good way to say that. She took the song and said, I'm going to do this song for, for the rest of it. Yeah. It was like, like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the song that's... and put it on my back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I'm doing it on my terms. I'm, I, I want to do that to you. And that's just, that's what I want, which is like, fucking for 1960. And so blatantly, like, I was like, hell yeah. Like, that's so cool. So, and so this, this song, could, so this song is different from the, all the other songs on the album uh, for one key reason. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the hot spot again and see if you picked up. I, I didn't pick it up, but then once I realized, once I was told what it was, I was like, oh yeah, of course. So I'll admit first that I did not get the answer to this, but how is this song different from a genre perspective than the other songs on the album? That's a big hint that I just gave you. Hmm. Is it different from a genre perspective? It's still it's still a cover. Yep. Yeah, dude, I have it written down here where it's like, what's with the horn riff? That horn riff is like, but like I know that riff, but I don't know from where, and I don't uh -huh. know what it is. Like, I, I actually uh, had a big question you, for you, yeah. what this is. <laughs> so that's hilarious. I'm like, this, that's this a thing, is, right? This, this is, is a straight thing. up. This is a straight up blues song adapted into a jazz song. Okay. This was this was a song that was played by Muddy Waters, um, and it was written by um, one two just basically two Chicago two Chicago legs legends and Willie Dixon and Muddy Waters. Wow, wow, and wow! Yeah, Muddy Waters. So, is so this this is basically a this is base yeah for sure he's he's number one in terms of uh, Chicago blues legends and his original song is excellent. It's really nice, but what you hear in that saxophone that dun 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 dun. dun that's just a piano blues piano riff put into a section. Okay, uh -huh. yeah, and a piano that makes so much more it's sense. Not, it's not even that far off from da na 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 na. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So in a lot of ways, and this, so this is what Etta James is known for through time. She's the she's the harbinger of the blues jazz gospel mix. Same uh, similar to Aretha Franklin in that in that note, but she does bring a little bit more of a blues thing. Now that she that's what she's reputed for. And she's that mentions that on almost all of her biographies and Wikipedia page and basically everywhere where Edda James's history and, and legend, um, you know, what, what, his, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Her freaking her legacy, oh, legacy, legacy, her legacy left is that she kind of was one of the first people to come through and bend those genres. Now, of course, she didn't really do. She wasn't bending the genres as much as she was. And, uh, and she was placed in a position to be able to sing right. when those genres were being mixed up. It's not like Etta James was in there going, we need, I, oh, I highly doubt it, was in there going, I want you know, a blues song, a, I want a gospel let, song. Make a little more bluesy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, so. yeah. But it is pretty cool that this is a jazz song played, this is a blues song played in a jazz style. Um, mm -hmm. and, it, and, and it is otherwise just a straight up blues song. 
yeah, yeah, totally. Just, okay, yeah. I hear it now. But I'm gosh, how nervous. how good is her voice on that? I don't. It's that. I was just picturing like sitting down in like out. a shag rug, like carpet room, and like putting it on the record, and then having that come through. Are you kidding me? Blow my mind. Yeah, it's fucking good. And okay, let's do a timeline timeline check here. 1960. What were we listening to on the record player before this song? Before this album? We weren't even listening to the Beatles yet. No, right. It's it's. I mean, if you look up. I mean, 1960. I feel like everything. Most people in you know, in the modern music era would say, okay, is it before, during, or after the Beatles? Uh, but <laughs> in 1960, the Doors were were not there yet. Um, I mean, crap. You know, I feel like this is where a lot of the modern discussion around music kind of gets. gets Miles cut Davis, off. Chuck Berry, Dave Brubeck, Chuck Berry, Charles Mangus is all jazz. Is all jazz. Chuck Berry was if one of the first people to turn blues into rock and roll. Rock and roll, right? Yeah. From St. Louis. And, and, Why does and, it sound like and, there's a slinky in your room? Do you you can you hear that noise? Sounds like yeah, it's like a, it's it's a bug outside. It's it's I think it's the uh, uh, it's like the the okay. locusts or whatever they're called, kinkatus. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. It sounds yeah. like there's just like it sounds like you're literally just going ching ching ching. ching. Yeah, ching. forever. Trust yeah. me, I hear it. Okay. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> All right. I just want it to be known. The listener is probably like that's not a temporary. And it's just yeah, yeah. the so Midwest. That's, that's just that's just your life. Okay. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, yeah, if I if I look up top albums of 1959, so from the year before, it's okay, all jazz. perfect, all jazz, really rock and roll. Yeah, so and Willie, Willie Dixon was also one of the original people to turn the blues into a little bit of a rock and roll feel. Although the, Willie Dixon and Muddy Waters are both pure, pretty pretty pure blues, or high end blues, so seriously high end oh. blues. They weren't they weren't as much of the sweaty blues, Muddy Waters. Uh, his music was sweaty blues, but he didn't play it like sweaty blues, you know. If you look at old tapes of Muddy Waters, a lot of times he was playing in a suit. Okay, okay. I don't know. I don't know that much. I know. No, I know. But this 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 album just unleashed history. Just every every song, however you look at it, there's just it's like a layer cake. You know, yeah, it's kind so of like with Fats it. Waller because they're all cover mm-hmm. songs. It's like right. that links to that, and there's inspiration here. And, you know, this is a Chicago record label, one of the, the biggest blue Chicago record labels. So no surprise they steal a Money Water song. It's just right, like, right, right. you know, were, were they even paying them rights? Were they even paying them money to use this song? No, that's you know? why they can do it. That's why they're just like, whatever. It was so free then. Now it's, yeah, whatever. We even touched Absolutely on outrageous. Like Sam, Sam Smith, uh, like, lawsuit from Tom Petty in the last album. What, what was it? I won't back down. Sam Smith? Yeah. He don't, recorded that? Don't you stay with me. No, stay with me. It's no, I won't back down. Yeah, it was a lawsuit. It was a big deal. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah, yeah. He Now Tom Petty and Jeff Lynn get credit on Sam Smith's song. Wow, that they worked. You didn't know that? That's like a huge I've never thing. heard of that before. I meant to bring it up, and I just you know I, don't know, we, we I can't believe I've never heard of that because I mean I, I liked that song when it came out. Sam Smith, I just it just never came up. Yeah. Wow, how about that? That that's a bit of a stretch. 
Won't bit of a stretch. Stay with me. It's kind of funny. Cause you're all I need. It's so funny now because now like it's literally the same thing. But what what does he say in "Stay with Me"? What what's the what's the lyrics after that? Well, this is a bonus episode. We can't go back. We have to keep. Ah, ah, ah. Go down, go down less. Here's the biggest song on the album. Oh! <laughs> DJ around my sneeze. I cannot believe the bug noises. I can <laughs> Good song. Good song. Dude, okay. Woo! I, I have an opening point for this, and that is this album is so good. You forget this song's even coming. I love that it's the seventh. I love that this yeah. is buried. Because every other song is so good. And then this yep. happens like, oh fuck. The best yeah. song it didn't even happen yet. They had to have known this was a hit as soon as they recorded it. I mean, there's surely, and they did it Dude, anyway. Literally, that like that intro strings is unparalleled. That is. Yeah, literally can we just do like, it one more time here? Yeah, one more time. Let's just. <laughs> it should be cliched too because it's been used in everything for like that moment and it's ten years. still fucking yeah, ten, so ten years good. straight of hearing that but it's just there's so much movement underneath it they get the, the, the violins are like you know shrill but at the same time full bodied mm -hmm. it's just just beautiful just beautiful it sets the scene so perfectly and Target Man is such a difficult song to sing the way she sings it. Okay, because this is the hit off the album, this is the, the, the one that everyone knows, I'm going to pull up the original 
of this and i'm gonna i'm gonna play that through so we can do one thing and that is to appreciate the everything that etta james put into this song and how she took it from a good song into a timeless remarkable song this is the Glenn Miller and orchestra, not the not the original, because I, I seriously can't even find an original of this song, but this is from 1941. So here we go. with me here the singing is going to come in classic one minute intro songs that's what yep. the audience is swaying back and forth in a zombie-like fashion how cool is that the trombones are just quivering their trombone poles, which is the technical term for that. Singers are coming on. That's some cracker stuff right there. Yeah, that's some cracker shit right there. I know this guy too. I know Glenn Miller. Yeah. Yeah. Blake sent me a song of his a couple years ago called Serenade and Blue. That's some fire. Oh, I love Serenade and Blue. Yeah, that's this guy. That's Glenn Miller. Yeah, 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 yeah. I knew the name was familiar. I couldn't remember it from where. You know what's funny? It's also Glenn with two N's. This guy got it wrong. He just got it straight up wrong. So I, I'd love to listen to the rest of that because I do enjoy that that version as well. But but let's let's I'm gonna hop directly over. We're gonna spend way too much time. But this is the this is yeah. the, you know this is the juice of the album. So you know sue me. All right, hop back in. Just no comparison. No. There's just no comparison. I mean, even two words. Two words, there's no comparison. You don't need any more. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah, Isn't that crazy. nuts? 
You can hear you can hear one singer sing one word and another singer sing one word. Both good singers. And wow. one of them could just completely outclass the other. <laughs> not even outclass, just out not even outperform, just out soul the other one. It's just this you just, just hear it. Better. Just, hear just better. Oh, yeah, there's nothing it's not both of them good open voices good, well great. hit the note perfect yeah but this is just better i don't know <laughs> you could call it timber or tone or you know you could call it all kinds of different stuff technically but at the end of the day that just sounds like gold to me it just sounds like gold and that's why the song is this. That's why the song is what it is. Uh, I want to. I want to give a shout out to a guy named Gordon Mack. Have you heard of him before? No. Gordon Mack is the guy who wrote this song, and Gordon Mack is and and someone else too. And I know I'm shorting the other person because I'm sure he's also wonderful. Uh, Gordon Mack is one of the most famous sound soundtrack movie soundtrack um, musicians of all time. He's been on 100 over 100 soundtracks, been attributed with his songs 50 of them he personally wrote the soundtrack for 50 movies uh, he's won one at least one oscar for best song but he's been nominated nine times and in this in, in one decade he was nominated nine out of 11 times so he's the guy who wrote this song he's one of the most legendary songwriters of all time apparently that i'd never heard of gordon mack uh from the 40s 40s and early 50s so uh, if you look up a picture of him, he looks like the dirtiest New York bastard you've ever seen. Just wearing a, just basically just like a, the, you know, the classic Frank Sinatra look, but he looks like a little fat with a giant cigar in his mouth, just looking like a piece of garbage. I don't even want to know. I'm going to leave that with the, the image in my head. That's all. That's all you needed. That's good because it was a perfect. It was a perfect image, basically. So, what what you heard is what you'll find. Okay. Any last notes on uh, at last before we move on? No, no, I'm good. Feel, feel good about it. Okay, let's do it. Um, all I could do was cry. Track number eight. I heard church bells ring. I In this song, you get a little bit of, you get a little taste of that, uh, that low tone 
that Etta James can bring to the table. If you look at her live performances, that's what she does a lot. She brings it down to this low, almost baritone type uh, voice. You, you got it exactly like it. right. I don't like it. It's not pleasant not. for me either. Yeah. I like the screaming and the yelping, which is, I mean, just in all cases, I love that. Like, I love it when singers do screaming and yelping, so. Maybe, that's true. I mean, it's, it's freaking hard to do that, period. Yeah, I always find it so impressive when, when people, I'm like, what? How do you, how do you do that? How do you, yeah, seriously. I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah, this song, this kind, this song kind of uh, blitz past for me. I, I'm, I'm surprised I haven't mentioned. It's, it's just like the kind of piano that dun 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 dun. That's on almost every song of this album, and it goes mostly unnoticed. But at the end of the day, that's the meat of the, the, composition for, or the arrangement, the composition. I guess would be the, the right term, instrumentation. For a lot of these songs and it's yeah. just that's it just simple yeah boom no oh, you know they they, they want to pull back the instrumentation they want her voice to be the forefront and they did that and they do it they do it to a, a good a, a amount so like i yeah would i have liked a little bit more pizzazz a little bit maybe like a couple solo here or there but you know it's just that's not really what they did there not, with, not when they they had something like this they they really wanted to put the thing that's out true. there and that's that's what it was yeah, you mentioned solo. I would have loved, absolutely loved to hear a solo, some more solos on this album. I know they had access to some great instrumentation and some great, great professionals who could have come in. Mm -hmm. I, I think the only uh, solo we've heard so far on this album is I Just Want to Make Love to You. Right. Um, right and there's, a, the, there's this little saxophone solo. Right. So, yeah. yeah I think... Beckers can't be chooses, Paul. She's got a great fucking voice. You know, <laughs> Yeah, I can't blame him. Also, this is her first. I mean, they tried to tee her up as good as they possibly could. They brought out bona fide hits. They did, they were like, we're going to play this as safe as we possibly can. So we know that this is going to work. And, you know, what can you say? It worked. Fucking okay, did. <laughs> so this song was written for Chess Records. This was the song that was written for Etta James. Wow, this is the song. Well, it was. This actually wasn't written for Etta James. It was written for Chess Records, and then Chess Records gave it to Etta oh. James. So, Got you know, okay. not too different from anything else. They could have just given it to someone else, and then fucked up, and then give it to Etta James. Just so happens that Etta James got the first try at it. Mm -hmm. Okay, I have a weird, bizarre fact that I'll bring up right now. The wife of uh, I'm going to get his first name, Harvey Fuqua, who is part of the last four songs on this album that we're listening to. Um, the part of the 1999 version. Um, the wife of him, whose name I think is Haley Fuqua, um, Haley something else Fuqua, um, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's not what it's called. Sue me. Um, she wrote. She she has writing credits on this song from the night from 1960. For all I could do is cry. Yeah. Wow. That nuts. Oh, that's cool. They're a little bit of a team. Yeah. Well, yeah, just 39 years apart. Like they were, they probably weren't married when that happened. It just kind of ended up working out like that. Oh, they got married much. Wait, wait, what do you mean 39 years apart? Well, so the, the four songs with Harvey Fuqua weren't added until 1999. So yeah. this, all I, all oh. I could do was cry. It came out in 1960. Well, I imagine that. Wait, so those songs didn't come out at all or they just weren't part of this album? Because I, I imagine they were recorded. I imagine they were recorded right at this. I mean, they were recorded. I don't right believe now. so. Really? I don't believe so. 
I believe I that this, they these were added around that time. Oh, you know, just, you know, they you just might have had a good point there. Bank, and then they kind of threw them on because they had CDs. Oh, you so know what? Could, yeah, I, I was listening to them and I was like, this, this surely wasn't recorded in 1999. Paul, are you fucking serious? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, oh, yes. My, unfortunately, Jesus yes. Christ. All no, they had the songs. They were just yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we can we can have it be 14 songs and not just 10 songs anymore. Yeah, that, that, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. We had these banks. Um, this is why I'm glad oh you're here. God. Otherwise, I would have been like, can you believe they brought it back 39 years later? <laughs> and you would have believed me. You would have freaking <laughs> believed me. That was me breaking the fourth wall. I, I hope no one listening to this wouldn't believe that uh, at least I don't know. people that. are pretty fucking stupid our, our listeners especially you know what I'm saying? No, fuck you stupid idiots you why are you still this, listening to this you made it this far into this episode listen, are you kidding me listen to your own music why are you listening to us tell you about it that's fucking dumb unbelievable absolutely unbelievable have, you, have your own thoughts next song stormy weather There's no sun up in the sky, stormy weather. Since my man and I ain't together, keeps raining all of the time. Oh yeah, life is bad. Stormy weather, stormy weather, and I just can't get my poor self together. Oh, I'm weary all of the time, the time. So. What a brutal song. Tell me more. Just just sad. I'm weary all the time. Just seeking. It's very much an unrequited, unrequited love song. This is just about being sad as hell. Yeah. Sad girl. I mean, this Going is through sad, sad times. Music. Is this album a good album to listen to uh, post breakup, or is it the worst album to listen to post breakup? Oh. See, this is the thing because it's a cover album, it's both. And, and, and it truly is both. You know? Because it's yeah, a cover I, album? I feel like that shouldn't be a part of the question. No it one's going to cry it is. being like, oh, because it's a cover. Plus, but this also, no cover. one's going to no, means so much more. No, no, no. But I'm just saying, it'd be, no, because. Because when you have an album, I feel like a lot of the times the album is a reflection of the current life status of the artist that wrote it or something like that versus a cover or this is just a compilation of songs that 
that were handed over to an artist. So, you know, sure. If Etta James were to have written the, these written songs during 1958 to 1960 or 1959, 1960, there would have been some recurring themes and some attitudes, you know, and then I could tell you this is, a, you know, this is more of a sad album or this is more of a happy album. But this song, you have one of the saddest songs I've ever heard in Stormy Weather. And then you have At Last, which is one of the purest love songs ever. Mm. One of the happiest, purest love songs of all time. <laughs> so, okay, if I have to give you one answer, I would have to say that it's a love album. Honestly, At Last is so powerful. Can you call At Last like the best happy song? It's also a kind of a sad song. Why? Like, because she was song, sad for a long period of time before him. Yeah, that song is about is about being happy now that you're with someone. Now that now that that person's come home, and there's just like that happiness only exists because of the long term sadness. That's true. Which is why it, it actually I think is more effective deeper into the album. I only just thought of this. This is not. Uh, what if, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting thought. A, I mean, it's not. It which it, is it's right in her wheelhouse, in a way. Yeah, because there's the there's the deep seated bluesness of it, and sadness of it. Yeah, and she's got she's got that for sure. She's got a lot of she's she's got a lot of pain that she brings to the table. No doubt about that. And also, this this album got me thinking, and and I had heard recently visiting uh, Mia's family. Her brother loves Taylor Swift. I heard a lot of Taylor Swift on the on the, the journey, and I was like, you know, uh, it got me thinking a lot. How many songs? Like, she doesn't have that many relationships. I know she's got a lot, but like, how does she write so many songs about these all these different types of relationships? Like, how do you do that? Like, she does write the songs. Right. I think she just she Mostly. just gets into yeah she does yeah I think you just get into relationships just to write more songs I don't know. Oh, she wrote two albums in in one year like that's a lot of songs with a lot of different content and like I just don't understand. I mean I would I would just say that a lot of it just is inorganic. I mean, you know, if I really put my head down, I could write three songs but right then, now in the next right. four hours. But then she can make it feel organic because it's so specific. Like she has like all these specific details and like things that yeah. like opinions about it and stuff like that. And that's the same thing with this. So I, to me, this having, having covers nothing to do with it. I don't think. I think thematically, it's all basically. I mean, that's the same thing. This is the same. Yeah, she's thing. she's not choosing. She's not choosing the songs. I highly doubt she's cho- she's not choosing the songs. But does that matter? Because we're talking about her giving life to the songs because of her voice. Yeah, I don't think it yeah, matters. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I think I think. Well, the the song she can't give life to the songs without having meaning to the songs, and the meaning to the songs comes from the songwriting, and the songwriting is what's handed to her. So from that point of view, I think it it does matter. But um, from the because the question the question being like, is this? Is this a great breakup album or is this not a great breakup album? No, no, or, no, or, yeah. See, yeah, you you misinterpreted my question. I said, is this a great album to listen to post-breakup or not? That, so we're, we're entering a different conversation entirely. Well, this is, isn't a breakup album. Is this a album. great album to listen to post-breakup? I, w- I was trying to talk about stuff that had Which nothing I would, to do I would with say is really. pretty much a breakup album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, okay. 
my question was more, you know, when you're going through a breakup, is it good to listen to this music or is it bad to listen to this music? Oh, are you talking for just from like an experiential point of view? Is it good to yeah, listen to this? Yeah, this has nothing oh, to do oh, with the oh, music. Oh. This is just a completely different question that you totally misinterpreted, but I kind of fed into a little bit because I had a different idea. So yeah, I feel yeah, kind of yeah, bad yeah. now that I've... <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I guess, uh, I guess, I guess, man, I mean, this is just painful. I bet, I bet, I bet if you're in your feels and you listen to this album, you relate to it even more. I guess, I guess that's kind of the question it's, that you're asking, right? Because I think, good, I think good she's really feeling what she's feeling when she's singing it. Yeah. Okay. So immediate post breakup, not trying to get better, just trying to wallow for a bit. It's ideal. I feel like it's ideal. Yeah. Pretty damn good. You're at least going to find good. one song. This song, that, Stormy like, Weather, particularly. Yeah. Yeah. I might, I might revisit this at another point. All I could do was cry. <laughs> No, that's that's all I can do is cry. This is more about you know it's it's pretty damn specific. It's about you know <laughs> the guy you liked is getting married, but you know if that's happening, bingo, sister. This is your song. If you're just generally sad, stormy and weather. Also, Taylor Swift also has a song about that. Can we be song dealers? What's your situation? Let me prescribe you a few songs. Uh, song no. doctors. We can either do the opposite or the same. Right? I'll do both. I do both. Do you want sad songs? What you want? Well, yeah, yeah. You can, maybe you give them three of each. Like, hey, I just want to do. You're sad. You're sad. You want to be happy. You're sad. You want to be sad. You're happy. You want to be sad. You're happy. You yeah. want to be happy. You know what I mean? Like those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're nostalgic. You're, but you wanna... you're sad, but you want to be happy. But really, you want to be sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Exactly. You get it. You get it. Oh man! All right, yeah, we're definitely whooping out this album for that for that mechanism, no doubt about that. Um, I'm going to give this time to give a few shout outs on some stats about this. Well, first of all, I'll touch on Stormy Weather, which is which was a huge. This was a huge hit in the 1930s, um, in the late Harlem Renaissance, um, right after, really right during the Great Depression. This was a big hit. Um, one of the original Torch songs when that started becoming a thing, um, and really was performed for a long period of time. So this was played as part of a, 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 a show that was called like Stormy Weather and the Unrequited Love or something like that. I, it's, it's something like that. Anyway, it was a huge hit in the 30s. So that's that's cool. Um, I don't know who I I don't know if I I didn't even write down who originally wrote it. it wasn't names that I recognized, and it, you won't recognize them either unless you're 100 years old. And if you're 100 years old listening to this podcast, hell what are yeah. you doing? I know for a fact that the demographic is uh, 25 to 35. So that's pretty far away from 100. Yeah. I so mean, maybe you'll be 100 one day. So hey, think about that. You won't be listening to this anyway. Um, if you are, hey, welcome in. <laughs> welcome in 2100. If you're here in the year 2100, 20. 2021. <laughs> I don't know wow. what to tell you. You dug deep into. What are we in? An hour and 20 minutes into a podcast? And you're still here? After all of the other ones? 80 years after your... uh, 80, 100 years after your birth. 80 years after your If you're just archiving things that people did, hey, hell yeah, dude. Go for it. What's up? We're not worth it. I'm going to tell you that right now. You should turn this off right now. (laughs) You should go do other things. Yeah. Did me or Jay do something really bad in the future? Oh, shit. Why are you here? Hopefully we did something good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of the two. We did something really good or really bad. Really, really like good it. or really, really bad. A hundred years from now. Oh my gosh, 80 years. I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know. 
that's funny. Okay, okay. So this, <laughs> so a couple, couple quick stats on the album. This, uh, God this damn debut, it, Paul. <laughs> this de- Nobody de- cares. It debuted, debuted at number twelve, so it was a pretty big hit. Uh, Rolling right. Stone put this number one hundred and nineteen on their top five hundred albums of all time. Oh shit. All right. Which is yeah. which is pretty crazy. 119 is pretty high. Uh, Pitchfork put it on the number 62 of their top songs of the 1960s, which means significantly less than the prior than the former. Hey. I guess. Oh, I, I don't know. Kind of fuck Rolling Stone too, though. Don't give them too much credit. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, really, did they really listen to all 500 albums in depth? Like, yeah, it's gonna sure. take us. It's gonna take us years to listen to 500. Well, albums they have a the lot of world. people listening to it. You know, those lists aren't created. That's true. Person. Yeah, but what, what that's what, ridiculous. How are they how are they getting the people? Are they pulling you know I there's a oh, lot they of they have a lot of people there. that work for their stuff. I know yeah, oh no, I get it, I get it, I get it. But but the people that work there all have their own, you know, biases and there's there's a lot of well, issues. Well, I think there. it's a I think it's like an aggregate thing. Whatever. That's probably true. Fuck it. But anyway, you're right. It doesn't matter and no one cares. So let's get on to uh <laughs> girl, girl of my dream. Track 10, the last uh song on the original. So uh, we'll talk afterwards about whether we'll give this a closing rating or not. Boy of my dreams, I love you. Oh, honest, I do. Don't you know that you are so sweet? So I hate I hate to do this. Well, I don't hate to do it, but like normally I don't do this. But can I just read for you the one line that I had for this song? Yeah, hit me, please. All right. So it's uh, uh, "Girl of My Dreams." Bring in the backup singers for this one, which at this point in the album is pretty welcome, as opposed to her singing into a void. Like at least there's some people there to cheer her up, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well said. Well said. I think we can leave it there. We can leave it there. Uh, normally we would do a. What's this? Uh, this is the is play this, scale for this. This is the this is the play scale, but hell no. Um, I I'd I much like, rather do it for the actual ending. I, I feel for, like for it's our ending, I guess. Yeah. It's yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Let's uh let's get on to my heart at Christ. I was lost 
like a shepherd boy Searching for his land And then, and song definitely has less less of that big you know big booming scream heartfelt uh at pure etta james energy um and therefore has a lot less roll uh, you know roller coaster so really the, the song is much more bland uh yeah but at the same time i i do appreciate the harmonies that go into it i appreciate the man's voice uh, harvey fuqua who comes in yep like a good give and take like i actually really like this song and um well i i, I guess I want to clump that in with the, the last of these four songs. Like, I really love the interplay of their two voices in all four of these. Me too. And this is just the first one, but I love the little finger plucking guitar. Uh, you know, I like it. I like that it's so different. And it's so funny now knowing that this is not part of the, none of these are part of the original thing. Cause I was like, wow, this album really does like a whole thing where it comes yeah, right there's back like a in whole the back separate end. thing where just yeah, yeah. Fuqua pops in. Who I've makes, never heard of. Makes, makes so much sense now. But yeah. uh yeah. I, 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 I like this song. I thought, I thought, yeah. Yeah. Me too. I, I like the whole these last four I really like. And my first time going through, I liked them almost as much or more than a lot of the other songs on the album. Same. Yeah, yeah. To me it was at last filler and then these cool back end tracks. <laughs> now it's like, oh, that's a different thing. I yeah. look at it differently, which is like super yeah. weird. And now I see, like, they have so much significantly less plays uh, than the rest of the album, which, uh, I don't know, kind of makes sense, but... It kind of makes sense, but also, like, who, you know, who's who's 80 years old on Spotify going through and listening to My Dear yeah, Starling 6.6 million times, you know? Just that exactly. That's what I'm... Who is listening to these? That isn't it's on crazy. playlist. Who's listening to these that isn't on playlist? That's yeah. That's know. You know what I mean? Because I could see some people putting these deep cuts on playlists for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for I'm sure. Listening like, to this album right now. If you are, if you were listening to this album and then you just like found this podcast because of it, send me an email. The album call at gmail.com. Send please. me a personal I, email, Paul David Johnson at yahoo.com. And then they're like, Yahoo? I can't trust that. <laughs> yeah, understandable. Understandable. I'm a sketchy guy. So you never know what you're gonna get. I like to I like to have that threatening that threat. Keep guessing at Hotmail. Yeah. I like to I like to have a barrier to entry to my messaging. You know, can't make it too easy on this digital sphere to, for people to oh get in God. touch with it. Hey, wait! Actually, we have an Instagram. Uh, yeah, I'm calling Instagram. Yeah, that's the way to get in touch with us at the moment. That's for sure. We should probably get we should probably get Twitter. Yeah, I mean, I'm down. We could we could just we could just take a bunch of quotes from what we're saying right now and just put it on Twitter. Is this song about heroin? Let's find out. <laughs> Just a little spoon of your precious love will satisfy my soul. Women die for that spoonful. Yeah, and men will cry for that spoonful. Yeah, women lie for that spoonful. Yeah, and men sigh for that spoonful. Yeah.
Okay, but really, like, is this have to, is, like, I genuinely think this is like a heroin song. Oh, I don't think this is a heroin song. Oh. They died for this movie. You know how you do heroin? Yeah, but I think they're just, I think they're just saying, yeah, maybe, I mean, shit, I don't know, maybe so. It didn't I mean, even cross my mind. He's not writing it. It didn't until, I mean, it, okay, well, no, it did. It Well, okay, my first thought on this song was, A, it's, I, I don't know why, this is like totally 2021, but I'm like, okay, they're talking about needing that spoonful of love, but if this song were written in 2021, it'd be a spoonful of time, you know, because no one has time anymore. But that's just like, that's the thing they'd be asking for. This is what I thought of on my bike when I was listening to the song. I was like in like a circle in my head. I was like, you know what? This is not, this wouldn't even happen now. I'm, I'm going to break this into 2022 for you. Time is right. love. Yeah. Well, you know. Wow. Okay. Oh yeah. That's the, wait. That's exactly what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Is that like? Yeah. That's true. That's true. You know what I mean? It's, it's, you just, you just said the same thing I did. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I will say also here is. My first line on this is this has quite a bit of, okay, I'm sorry to do my, my notes again, but this has quite a bit of umph with the blues arrangement. So I did get the blues arrangement on this one. This one I did. Yes. Oh, did definitely. <laughs> definitely a heavy blues arrangement on this one. Because they're hitting you over the head with it. Oh, and <laughs> then they just repeat it. The reason why I stopped this one earlier is because the mm-hmm. song just repeats like four times in a row. You do get some nice soloing and fills, which you don't really get any fills or anything like that on the rest of the album. Like, fills in between bars doesn't really happen too much uh right. solos and even little mini four bar or eight bar solos doesn't happen so um i yeah you know it, again i don't i don't let okay let's just see when this was recorded oh my god you have to look it up now i cannot play you thought this recorded in 99 uh yeah no this is all of vamp while you do that uh no Mac, i really like Please. this song it's it's it does sound like kind of it's a little tacky now the whole like spoonful thing like that definitely would not happen now and that's kind of like where i got on that little tangent about it not being love and someone to do it about time now but at the same time again the interplay of their two voices i think really works and it, it really does this song like it sets it apart from just being like a generic blues jazz song and it makes it like really listenable uh, they they clearly they have a little like good what is it tete a tete i don't know like a, a good little thing going on uh, this is another willie dixon barry, song I see barry gordy on there okay well why do they have side two as ending on this so what yeah this, uh, but now say side two ending on this this is her eponymous album two years later uh so what was on that album was on that album yeah well you see who was, else it looks like it was also released see, as a single i can't have you if i can't do have you see you. who who else uh wrote who wrote who wrote if i can't have you paul oh shit uh, paul you can't if i can't have you gwen fuqua his fucking wife there you go gwen gwen that He's was back again not Ailey. yeah gwen damn. gwen fuqua yeah so there you go Interesting. And, yeah. So she just redid the song, or maybe didn't redo it, and then they just put it as a single. They liked it now. It looks like she oh, sung because, it too. Right, right. So this wasn't this wasn't on it. This was just this was on it in the nineties, but it was Singles. on her yeah. eponymous album a couple years later. That's so weird. 
it, it, it's so weird but that's just like that's just the 50s and 60s in music they were just like is this a single is it on an album we don't know it's just there we'll we'll do both how about both how about both and a third option too just whatever hey there you go cds we can have unlimited yeah definitely definitely really weird but that's that's what's fascinating to me is that the just zero plagiarism zero respect for the listener just putting it but just dirty sausage creation of music just putting it everywhere you can put it in a tv show then put it in a movie and then change it put a different version record that put it on an album just just disgusting dirty practice um but i love it though i love it i love because like you also hear like edit james has a different version of at last too which is basically the same exact thing but it's just a little different and like i love that i absolutely love that and i wish more people would would release that today but the reason why they don't is because we just create perfect music today on the first try we don't have well not the first not exactly the first try but like you don't, you don't have a second third fifth try recorded because um they're just single pieces are recorded so that's that is lost in time i mean as far as as far as i can see yeah. okay should we get on to it's a crying shame Shebang. Like the early Beatles are this, are just carrying this torch, if you will. Totally, and torch, okay. torch is not not the right word, uh, but yes, one hundred percent. Nice, very nice. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about that. I was just thinking. I really like this song. It's just mixed really poorly. I, I think. Yeah. I, I really like this stuff. Yeah, no, I love the composition of it. And it's got, like, I usually hate start-stop songs like this where they're just, like, kind of hurt and jerky. But I yeah. feel like this has so much confidence and, like, the momentum is so good that it just sort of, like, I don't know, totally carries it through it. This is a great listen. Love this song. I agree. I agree. I, I, I This was one of my favorite songs on the first listen through. It lost That's it good. lost its steam uh, through time. But um, definitely really nice. And also just, again, the harmonies worked really well and then harvey fuqua i just liked his voice i was like yeah. oh, i just like i just like the guy's voice it's cool great voice yeah 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 100 and I, I feel like this you lied you cheated now i'm getting so doggone tired of being mistreated now we're Should we just keep it keep it going on to the last song of the album? 
Yeah, sure, why not? Let's do it. Cool. That's some blues right there. Yeah. That is some that is some sweaty Chicago blues right there. At its finest. I I again really like this song. Yeah, you can just feel them on that on this on the song. You can just I just I again I could just imagine them on a stage just singing to each other during this. Just sweaty sweaty having just done heroin. So sweaty, yeah, so much heroin. Yeah, and you know, I feel like lyrically, Brock Blues. It's it's kind of cool because so much this album is like, oh my god, I can't have the man that I want. I wish he'd call me. You know, oh my god, he's married the wrong woman. And then you got this song that just ends the album with just like that. Clearly, she found him, or she found somebody that is really into her. And that's that's true. not very sexual, but at the same time, she did find somebody. So it's kind of a nice place to end, you know? That's true. That's true. This is not a torch song at all. No. So yeah. So the torch, the torch got put out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. As far as like sonically, it's not, it's not. Okay. So it's funny because as, as far as sonically, it's not um, the same from the rest of the album. But it's but the, the the scale that we actually are using, which is this must be the place, that song is so drastically different than speaking in tongues, which is which is why it's not it it's not so drastically long. that song it's not drastically different from speaking in tongues. It uses all the same instruments. It's just it's just a toned down, it's just a toned down from their sound. We talked about that when we when we first went through. Yeah, okay, okay, fine, 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 fine. I guess it's not drastic. Yeah, you're right. Whereas like this is way more like blues and like less jazz influence and okay you're right you're right you're right or this, 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 just, this is a really tough down. one to do because it was added this was a single after that was the added fact and it wasn't meant to be on this album yeah so like for me thematically like i said i like i like like lyrically why they or not at all that's, that's exactly why they put it out there but i'm gonna read it to it and say that's why they did and that's gonna that's gonna give it the bump it, it needs and i, I like the song but yeah, I mean it's not not a not an album proper. I I am gonna go for a three out of five for, for, for I, I would go two out of five and the one star the, the the extra star from the one is because I like the song. Damn, you know what? 
I'll bump it down. We'll go. We can go with yours on this. You it's just it's my... hard to give anything else just because of the structures. They could. There's nothing they could have done to get a better on our naive melody skill. Sorry. Sorry, Etta. Sorry, Harvey. I know you brought that. She turned over in her grave. R.I.P. Rest in peace, both of you. All right. Enough. Good stuff. Okay. At um, last. At last, we're we've done. come to the end of this album. Um, four, 14 songs, uh, 40 minutes. Um, some, some, probably the best vocals, you know, debatably the best vocals we've had so far. And the other person oh, yeah. calls would be Aretha Franklin, but I think this is this might take the cake for me. Um, it, okay, so now that we've we've gone through this, um, at the beginning you kind of gave gave a little bit of your opinion. Um, let's hear kind of any closing thoughts that you've got and then we'll bring it back to me and then we can go into the album, album cover and then um, close off by with Jay giving us the task or the episode theme for the next week. All right. So closing thoughts is at, at first glance, what I, what I got from this album was like, okay, this is just like one of those sixties uh, soul singers that just does that thing. And then the more I listen to her, like I said, she just brought her fucking energy to the table and and just went away with it. And I, I, I got to say, a little bit hinders it for me that it's just a bunch of covers, nothing on her. That's just like what the system was at the yep. time. And so for me, coming away from it, what it is is she's the queen of, of that, of, of this sound in my mind. Like she's gonna and until I hear maybe Aretha Franklin that takes it back from me. Like I yep. love these songs, and like for me, I personally attach myself to a lot of these songs. Like she's just gonna be the queen to that for me, and I love that. I love finding out who this totally. was. Like this was such a good find. I had such a good time listening to it. Uh, great album, great album, great album, good time. Killer, killer synopsis. I think we can definitely conclude that Etta James, as far as we're concerned here on the album crawl at this point in time on episode twenty-eight is the queen of this 1960s cover uh, culture, cover cover soul culture. Yeah. Serious, yeah. Seriously incredible. Yeah. yeah. That's great to hear for sure. And it's always a joy to, to discover a new person. I didn't know much about, about Etta James coming into this. In fact, I discovered Etta James when people at work gave me crap about not knowing at last. And that's what, you know, spurred me to originally look into her and then, you know, being able to go through each of these and kind of read a bit about her story and, and seeing where all of this, I don't know. I, I'd love to see where all the, you know, we talk about raw and natural, how raw and natural this album is. And she's only 22 and her voice, how, how raw and natural it is. We use that, both of us use a term similar to that multiple times. And I think most people would, but to hear about where that comes from and then to see it expressed on this album so freely and so vulnerably is what makes it priceless in a way that an experienced trained singer could never achieve. And um, I think that's, that's part of what makes this album special and what enables her to bring her own sauce, her own, mastery to these cover songs okay let's touch on let's touch on this cover and then uh then we'll get on to 
the song. The, what's what's coming up on the next episode? No, we have to pick a song still. Oh, we have to pick a song. Oh my gosh, thank you. Oh my gosh, we have to pick a song. Holy I crap! I haven't thought about that. Do we need to talk about the I haven't thought about album? it at all. Are you sure we have to talk? We have to talk about the album. Oh, we definitely have to talk about the album cover because there's one glaring thing that needs to be discussed. Yeah, right. Yeah, the earring. Yeah, all right, fair enough. The earring? Oh, are you earring are you batshit crazy? <laughs> well, you just you just took the mouse and circled around the earring. It's the hair. I don't understand. You're just doing the album cover. It's the hair. She's wearing a gigantic wig. Oh yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, it is blonde. It makes no sense. Okay. Okay. Let's get on right onto this. This is probably the first time in history that a female African-American artist has worn a blonde wig. Oh, shit. I guess I didn't even think about that. And, and not, today you have like Nicki Minaj and Cardi B consistently. And this, is, this has been a long time in making. Donna Summers used to wear blonde wigs. Um, all kinds of black artists through the decades have worn blonde wigs. And this is like the start. This is the start of the whole thing. Etta James wearing this massive 60s fake wig. It's Bob, and she wore it. She only wore it for like five years or so, before she went onto a full afro and and well, just went with her natural hair. Yeah, ridiculous. Cool, I guess. But apparently, it's a common thing for drag queens to to rock this style today. God damn it! Yeah, that's that's total drag queens. It was <laughs> drag queens. Paul sang Lady Gaga soon. Oh wait, no, you're not singing Lady Gaga. Soon. No, Lady Gaga were. moved her concert. So, you know. Yeah, I guess I'll take my fandom another year. Yeah, sorry. Uh, but anyway, that's that's all I had on the album. Other than yeah, it's classic it's, and it's, it's nice. And, yeah, I kind of I, I like the animation of it. I guess simplicity. The photography style is really nice. I um, hate that that last is in lowercase. Though I fucking hate that. I hate that. <laughs> I hate that. I hate. It. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, it's kind of weird that it's green and yellow, green, green yeah. and red too. Christmas colors. Yeah. Well, it's the 60s. You can't blame them for color combinations, but it's Christmas. It's very strange for sure. Yeah, today we're so color perfect. This would never this would never fly. It's fine. Okay, let's um, we gotta pick a song. Song. Oh my gosh. Uh, what song? What's it? Okay, let's let's ask ask me some questions. Like what's you know, what's the yeah, song I mean, that like, you can listen to out? all over again? Well at last is it's the, just the like keeper, what? Yeah, of course, but we can't do it last. I feel like that's too much, unless it's like really ringing with you. But like, I feel like we like so many other songs, it's kind of easy to pick a different one. Um, I feel like what's the one that, yeah, what's the one that you can imagine yourself in 10 years listening to? Yeah, um, like that's the question. That, okay, wait, what's, what's the one that I could listen to in 10 years from now? Yeah, um, for whatever reason, that's why I'm gonna play. I, I probably would say none of them, <laughs> but but if I. If there was one, it would probably be "I Just Want to Make Love to You," the the Ooh. kind of the bluesy cover. Um, thought it was really powerful the way she came out with that wowed both of us. And yeah, you know, I, no, yeah, it, it really really hit this. This one really hit for me. Um, and yeah, that that's probably what I would go with. At, like at last, of course, Sunday a Sunday kind of love is okay, but I feel like over time it's extremely dated. So that that's where I get my pick. Okay. Okay. No, I completely side with that. I, I like I like that pick. I like that pick. All right. It's so, on there. It's already decided. I already put it on there. It's too you already late. done. Even, already done. Don't even fucking try. He's one step ahead of me. Sick. <laughs> All right. Ah, I just want to make love to you is now on the album album, album called playlist. That's going to be a nice juicy one in the middle of that playlist. 
yeah, because that's it's it's, it's going to stick out. But hey, like I said, yeah. when I first picked this album, I knew this was going to be kind of an uncomfortable album. I knew it's going to take us out of our comfort zones. And you know, it's not like this. We're going to start jamming this music on a daily basis, but it's just fun. I don't know. It was. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad. So I'm really glad that you so enjoyed it too. And was it hard for you? For me, the first week of listening to this was hard to get into. No, no, literally no, not at all. For wow. whatever reason, usually it is, but I'm not joking. Like her voice really got me and it was never difficult. I was just, I was not like I was in and like a way that I was like loving it, but it was never hard to listen to. Yeah, that yeah, being yeah. said, I did, pl- I did play a little bit of it at work and then they were like, okay, okay we're, we're going to like my coworkers on Friday <laughs> music sometimes. And they're like, okay, we get it. We can change it up now. It's okay. Like we're all yeah, just yeah, totally yeah. kill ourselves. So that was kind of funny, but uh, yeah, 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 totally, totally, totally. You can't play more of these two, more than two of these songs in with the group. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, no, I never had a problem with that. I liked it pretty much immediately. Like, no issues. Not like Steely Dan, you know. Like, ooh, <laughs> I was on board. Yeah. <laughs> See, we were all bummed out about doing Steely Dan, but it's really paid us dividends through the through yeah, the I know, right? Uh, <laughs> all right, hit for dividends, or I'm sorry, hit 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 for Steely Dan. There, okay, okay. Before before I, not even before, for the next episode, we're gonna do something a little different. Um, you know, we like changing it up here every once in a while, and there's a new idea that we're, we're gonna play with. Uh, for the next episode, we're gonna do a battle or a versus episode we're not really sure exactly what to call it but basically um whoever's pick it is for that week uh they're gonna we'll pick call it back to back back to back session okay i kind of like that it's a little low key a little bit less i don't want to be so confrontational yeah i like it i like to just be comparative analysis sure um, there might be some cursing whoever <laughs> whoever's week it is they pick a a, a genre in maybe a year or a range of years or whatever um to pick two albums to go against each other so what's happened is paul's gonna pick an album and i'm gonna pick an album we're gonna each pick a few songs off of it and we're gonna play them back uh we're gonna go back and forth and play some songs and you know we're gonna crown a champion by the end of it we're gonna try to be unanimous and see which one we think really should wear the crown and so that's what we're doing for next week we're, we're gonna cra- to be fair to, to be clear we're going to crown the album or we're going to crown one of us. No, oh, that's funny. Cause we are going to try to persuade each other for sure. Um, no, but we're just trying, we're going to crown the album. We want it to be, we have to crown the album. Trip. We can't, we, you know, there's only two of us. <laughs> we yeah, yeah, we yeah. need to create a crown of like 10 people. We're, live yeah, yeah. Viewing. We're, yeah, we're crowning least. the album. We, we, the, the one that we think will win. And, uh, so the pick for this, is okay before we do this Paul, we always exit, we always exit with the first song but i thought you could just pick a song that you think would be in this range the quintessential the okay sure sure I one guess. of the quintessential songs in the time range sure why not we'll, sure. we'll run with that and so the, the 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 genre the topic is we're doing straight up rock songs from 1970 to 1979. rock albums from 1970 to 1979. That's it. Rock albums from 1970 to I'm going classic. It's I I was like, we're gonna there you go. We're gonna go. <laughs> it's not gonna be hard. There's a lot of options. There's a shitload of options. And so there's only one right option though. <laughs> 
Look, you picked a great, you picked a fucking winner to, to, to lead off with, I guess. Okay. Last words. Thank you guys all so much for listening. Uh, we've had a blast on this episode and we hope you have too. And we can't wait to catch you next time on our first head to head, head to head episode. I guess that's what we'll call it. I like it. So for now, take, uh, take this rock song from 1970 to 1979. Uh, this one, 1971. We'll catch you next time on the album, girl.